Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. We are now live. So, uh, yeah, sorry about the delay. If I'm past 10 minutes late, the scheduled thing doesn't work. And so I'm past 10 minutes late because I have to go out and try and find the children because they haven't got home. So I've um, been driving around looking for them, but they're both home now. So, um, yeah, that's that's where I've been. How, how's your evening been? Um, evening, Elaine. Nice to hear you, see you here this evening. Uh, hope you're well. Um, Colette Writer, Corinne, Nikki Ald. Oh, Jackie. Oh, my God. Everyone's here. Right. So maybe I should do it at 6, uh, 7, 17. So, um, yeah. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. Happy Tuesday, Corinne. Hope you're having a good day so far. Not over yet. Still got a few hours left of it. So uh, let's live it. Yeah, let's do this. Um, well, as ever, I've got some questions. If you've got any questions, then um, you are more than welcome to, to uh, pop so-called questions. Uh, Colette Writer's got a procedure next Wednesday. Oh, my God. Good luck, Colette. Good luck. Fingers and toes crossed for you. Hope it all goes well. Um, BSG girl. Um, yeah, I just got another one-star review. Found out today. Um, always a bit of a downer when that happens, but there, there you go. Apart from that, today's gone well. Actually, it's been a really good day, apart from the, the one-star review. Oh, and the case was cancelled. Yeah, actually thinking about it, didn't have gone that well um, in hindsight. I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, apart from those two things, it's gone really well. Now, <laughs> Amy Summerbonny, I hope. What is happening with Amy Summerbonny? God, I hope she's at home and all right. Um, good evening. One star. <laughs> they must be mad, Jane. You know what? I got a one star review. A while ago, and it was from some nutter who obviously, I, I, well, it sounds awful that, but I didn't know who they were, and it said like really spurious things like "Don't go there; they're all, they're all charlatans or something." And I thought, what? What's that all about? Um, never heard of them. And I said, look, please let us know if you've had a procedure, who you are, and, where. and I can sort of live with that a bit. But this one, I know who it who it is. So it's a bit worse, really. Um, a lot of it, though, was um operational should we say is operational the right word sort of admin type stuff or you know about the hospital and things so i i think this is a problem as you get bigger you know you get bigger you get other people you're gonna get negativity and i've got to try and learn with that to be fair a few like a probably a week before i got a five-star review from lee thank you lee if you're out there <laughs> um which is a legend but you know what the one star is so much worse than the five star is good in that that is the problem i think that's something i've got to work on i've got to work on that with my um with my psychotherapist i think why that is um but but yeah a lot of it was operational about the hospital it's a hospital that i don't actually work in it wasn't it wasn't what it, 
was one of my colleagues' patients, and a lot of us about the hospital they had a go at her about not bringing a bra and stuff. And I'm like, well, we always bring, we never ask patients to bring a bra. And apparently the nurse was horrible to her because she didn't bring her own bra. And I'm like, well, um, what else was there? Anyway. Oh, yeah, the video. They do say you learn from your negatives more than your positives. And I think that is true. And they do say you've got to embrace your negatives. And I am trying to embrace my negatives. And I am trying to embrace it. Because one thing was, with the other surgeons, because I've got this system where we do virtual consultations, where we do video and phone, I always put the video on and then phone the patient. I have a sort of routine where I do it. They were usually just phoning the patient. They weren't doing the video. So we would say to them, you've got to do the video. And on this occasion the guy had put the video on but hadn't phoned the patient and um the patient's like i didn't get a phone call and i've got a phone log to say that i didn't get a phone call and you know they were um and for some reason he just sat there on the video waiting for the video and didn't phone the, and so and, and and so therefore we can learn and reflect and say look guys we've got to do the video and the phone we've got to phone them and video and we can improve our systems so I, that is the point you've got to take positives away from it so that is that's probably the, probably the only point. Oh, and that we're not working with that hospital anymore. Which those are the positives, I guess. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, um, God, there's loads of people here. Do you know what? I thought there wouldn't be many people. Here. <laughs> I hope. I, yeah. So anyway, lots of other good reviews out there. So um, we won't we won't, uh, we won't we won't dwell on that. Let's not dwell. Let's move on. Um, I thought I'd. Um, is it me or is there not normally that many people? So, Jane, good evening. Oh, yeah, we've got that one. Um, JJ, Amy, how are you? I need to know. I need proof of life, Amy, proof of life. Um, Mrs. G, how much is extended tummy tuck muscle repair lipo breast lift? Oh, my God, Mrs. G, I'll ask on that question. But I can see Amy said something. Who's given you one star? I need 10 stars. Thank you for everything. I'm home safe and feeling good. Thank you on all the team for everything. Thank you, Amy. Amy, that's all I need to know. You're home safe. That's all. I can rest easy, and I think I can talk for myself and Lorena that we can both rest easy. Lorena, we can rest easy because Amy is home safe. So that's the most important thing because we're worried about you, Amy. So that's good to know. Um, so um, Mrs. G, on YouTube, no less, guys. That is the sort of reach this guy's got. He's on YouTube now. Okay, he's a YouTuber. I say now. I've been on YouTube for ages, but this view, this Thing goes on youtube i didn't think many people watch on youtube to be honest but mrs g does um extend right so if i'm going to pick that apart mrs g how much is an extended tummy tuck um extended i'm going to pick you up on that mrs g what do you mean by an extended tummy tuck so there's different sorts of tummy tucks so you got a full tummy tuck you got yourself a full you got yourself a fleur-de-lis and you got a circumferential, a 360. Now there is a thing called an uh, an extended tummy tuck. An extended tummy tuck, they tend to go further around the back, not quite as far as a 360, but further than a full. I don't really do it, Mrs. G. I do a 360, and that's one of my questions today. But I don't do an extended. I don't sort of go too far. I don't. The problem with an extend, if you're going to go around the back, you have to like rock the move the patient somehow you know i basically when i do a tummy tuck a full tummy tuck i get as far to the sides as i can with you lying flat on your back so i'm the, the bottom line is unlimited now some people do this extended thing and i think they put sandbags in to try and guddle i use that word guddle i know no one else does anyone know anyone know what guddle is but anyway 
Um, well, I won't say in case anyone does. I'll say later. <laughs> Stay till the end to find out what the word guddle means. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I basically, I, oh, what was I using the word guddle? So, yeah, they rock you and they try and get as far around the back. I don't do that. I mean, I either do a, a 360, which is a big deal, and I'll talk about it later on, or I do a normal fall. So that's the first thing, just on the extended word. So extended tummy tuck. So a tummy tuck muscle repair. Muscle repair is an integral part of a tummy tuck. Now, not always required. I would say it's usually required, but it's not 100% always required. Uh, but it is an integral part, so it's no difference in price. Lipo, liposuction, again, not always required, but can be done to do the sides um, and a breast lift. So um, let's, um, let's talk about your question. Answer. Mrs. G, I've got to be honest with you, full disclosure, I don't know. Lorena might know. And Lorena says, glad we are home safe, Amy. Yes, we are. Um, but I don't know off the top of my head. Mrs. G, can you message me? Or can you give me your email and I can email you? I know you're on YouTube. How can you do things privately on YouTube? I don't know. How... And Mrs. G, if you go to Facebook or if you email info at cyanoplasticsurgery.co.uk, bit of a mouthful, I know that, but that's what it is. Uh, or you can phone 0121. I should have a banner for that, shouldn't I? 0121 454 3680. If you give us a phone or if you email us or if, if you let us know your email address, if you don't mind putting it on YouTube, you might not be comfortable putting it on YouTube, but certainly on Facebook, you can do direct messaging, can't you? Private messaging or uh, Instagram, I think you can do that sort of stuff um but um yeah so if you let us know we'll give you a price for a tummy tuck and uh liposuction and um what was the other thing breast lift uh i have hip to hip i have the apron flap lol yeah so hip to so you're absolutely right so the extended slash 360 does do better to the sides so a full is limited what it does to the sides the uh, i i for me the extended doesn't do as much you know it's still going to peter out of the sides a 360 stays 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 wide all the way around so a 360 but uh, but i'm not pushing a 360 because it is a big deal to have a 360 so um but yeah that's that um so basically bottom line is if you can give us a uh give us something give us something so charlotte's got a question i think i've lost control i've lost control of instagram i've got to be honest uh, I'm not used to be, being this busy. Uh, happy to have done that. Happy Tuesday. I've got a procedure. Yeah, we've done that. Uh, waving at people. Hiya. Do you, do you, this is Loco Loopy Loose. Do you do, I think that face to face is as online, I only see virtual consoles. Loco Loopy Loose. That's my fault. I set it up, hold my hands up, and, and, I haven't set it up so you can book the in-person face-to-face consultations online. You might say that I should do. The reason I didn't is because I, I did it for a short period of time. And what we were having was having a big gap, like a three-hour gap. And someone was booking like a, an appointment in the middle of it uh, or, you know, somehow sort of not making it efficient, if that if that makes sense. So they said, don't do that because it's really messing up the clinics. And I was going to book someone in and now someone's booked online in that slot. So the online booking is only for um virtual but you know what you know what? i should maybe i should restart it because i think it, i like booking i think i'd book online if i was a patient so maybe i should restart it again the online booking uh, online booking for the in-person consultations but at the moment the other thing loop loco loopy lose is we do different things which is a bit messed up 
So that's why the virtual is not so bad. So like, uh, I don't do ears or blepharoplasties, whereas the other guys do. And I think some people don't do lifts with implants. Um, and some people, like in one operation. And so some, yeah. So maybe actually, having said that, maybe we should take the online booking off altogether. But anyway, yeah, we do, the, the answer to your question is we do do face-to-face -face consultations, but you can only book virtual ones online. But um, now you've said it, maybe I should be thinking about that. Uh, Colette Writer, curious, what is the scarring like for areola reduction? So Colette Writer, it goes all the way around the areola. So it's a circumareola scar. But the thing to be aware about with a, uh, an areola reduction is a circumareola scar in itself usually settles very well. So when we just make it because it's on the interface between the, the pigment of the areola and the normal skin. So if you're making a circumareola scar, uh, so um, if you're not cutting, cutting in any skin out when you make a scar around the areola. So the classic example would be um, when you're doing a uh, if you're doing breast implants and putting them through an areola incision. Or the other way we do it is with uh, gynecomastia, where we make an areolar incision. That scar heals beautifully, so much so that it's actually really hard to see it. The difference when you're doing areolar reduction is you, what you're doing is you're actually taking a donut of skin away. You're taking a donut of the excess areola away. And so you're, you're stitching a big circle to a small circle. So actually the scar is quite puckered. And that's something you have to be familiar with and aware of before you get, get into this, because it often doesn't look very neat. And you might think, oh, they haven't stitched that very well. It's all rucked up. But that's because a big circle's gone to a small circle. So it does look very rucked up and, and a bit not very good. If that's good English, I don't know, but that's, what, that's all you're getting. Um, and a bit um, untidy. That would have been a better way of putting it. Um, to start with, though those rucks do settle, but it is a bit rucked up to start with. But um, but you end up with a scar around your areola and a bit red and obvious, and then it settles over time. Loki loopy lose. Hey again, do you do face to face consoles? Oh yeah, we've done that. Amanda, um, uh, Megan is here. Good to see you, Megan. Hi, Megan. Um, I've got some waving to do here. Um, great to hear your input on 360. You seem quite against 360 lower. Why is that? I've been recommended for 360, but I'm not against it, Loki loopy lose. I'm not against it. Two things. First of all, I don't underestimate the complication, the potential for complications. It's got a high potential for complications. And so I am trying to be realistic about it. Um, the other thing is, I've got to be honest with you, it is a difficult operation and it's a big deal. And you rotate someone during surgery and they're intubated while you're rotating them. So it's it's a it's quite an it's quite an ordeal to do and so i'm i'm not you know I'm, i try i hope I, I feel bad that you're saying i'm against it but i'm just trying to be realistic about it i think a lot of people think they need it more than they people who need it it's a bit like mini tummy tuck a lot of people think they need it but when you realize the reality of it it's actually not not a you know extensive um contouring of the abdomen then then they realize they might be a candidate for a for a, uh, a, a full tummy tuck. And similarly, people who think they need a 360 might be able to have a, um, a normal tummy tuck or uh, with a bit of liposuction to the sides, um, which is a compromise. It's not as good as a 360, but the compromise might be worth it because the scarring is less, the risks are less, the complications are less. Because if you get a complication, obviously that's a problem and, you, and it's got a, quite a high complication rate with a 360. So I'm trying not to be negative about it, but it's just my personal view is I think it is a big deal. 
the barps is in town assets here god we've got the great and the good here i tell you what this this uh, this q a has just gone mental hasn't it i mean this is gone this is the sort of publicity we need um jj have you done many surgeries this week well it's tuesday last time i look and i've done three and that is many i would say yeah i've done many i've done three I've done two yesterday and one one today which is quite a lot for me to be honest with you um Oof. Um, right, caught up there. What we've got to do here, Charlotte has asked a question on Facebook. And what Charlotte said is, I have you, what? I have you playing on my phone and I put it in my pocket whilst I quickly clean my two-year-old toy kitchen. I forgot you were on the phone and could hear a man talking and thought it was coming from the toy kitchen. Thought I was hearing voices, got freaked out, then realised you were in my back, back grab, <laughs> in my pocket. That's where we want to be. That's where we want to be. Um, hip to hip, got the apron, done that. Nikki, Nikki, just for info, guddle in Scotland, I don't think means what you're talking about. Groping for fish. It does, Nikki. That is exactly what I'm talking about. It is guddle. Nikki wins the award. Can we send the prize? Nikki, you win a hairy toffee. Well done. Guddling is for fish. You put your hand in the water, don't you? And you do this and you make it go to sleep and then you flick it out. That's how you catch fish. Yeah, that is what guddling. <laughs> that is guddling. But I, yeah, so guddling, it's not quite what, yeah. That is that, that is what I was doing. Um, what's going on here? Um, Salma Shah, hello, I have, Salma is on YouTube as well. God. Hello, I have had a revision surgery in December. I have developed a hypertrophic scar. I am currently using silicone gel, but there doesn't seem to be any difference. Is there anything else I can try? December to March, what's that, four months? I would say um, there's two things at this stage, Salma, I would recommend. Um, silicone is one, and that can come in a gel or a sheet. I don't know where your surgery has been, as in what part of your body, but the sheet, I think, is more effective than the gel, but it's not always possible to use the sheet, depending on, you know, obviously it's on your face or your ears, the, the sheet just falls off. But if it's on your breast or your abdomen or something, the sheet, the sh silicone sheet can can stick a bit better so i think the sheet is more effective if it's in a part of your body where that is possible so that's one thing and the other thing that i would recommend for a hypertrophic scar is pressure massage and pressure um that's where i would be coming from at this stage at four months post-op that's it um obviously the advice is always speak with your surgeon am i your surgeon <laughs> if i'm your surgeon speak to me but if i'm not your surgeon i'm trying to think if i did any revision surgery in december i'm not sure if i did but anyway um then where then speak to your surgeon but i would give it at least six maybe probably 12 months if it's bad the next step i guess would be steroid injections so there is stuff that we can do to try and make them better but um but at the moment i would be either going for silicone or massage one or the other you can't really do both so if you're using the silicone gel or the silicone sheets you can't really massage and moisturize so if you find that the silicone gel and sheets aren't really working try just giving it a bit of massage moisturize um depending on what part of the body whether that's possible um and um and yeah that's where i am on that charlotte realistically i'm in the back pocket how long does swelling take to subside after a tummy tuck? Also with muscle repair, is there a chance those stitchy muscles can come out stitch? If you get what I mean, I'd be too scared to return back to my gym and do weights in case my muscle repair opens up. So swelling question, 
first, I would say things start to subside about three months, Charlotte, realistically. It does take a good while for things to start to subside. And they fully subside. It takes about six, 12, even 18 months for them to really properly subside. So it does take a while for everything to subside, Charlotte. So you have got to go a bit easy, especially if you're a person who does the gym, gym a lot. So is the muscle, is there a chance those stitches can become unstitched? Yes, Charlotte. It's extremely rare, but it's definitely possible. They're very... A heavy very strong stitch that you use for that muscle repair so um, it's pretty robust but I guess the knot could fail um, and so that there is on paper a risk of it but in reality not that huge a risk but, but so I would you know I would leave it personally I ask people to leave it at least a month probably six weeks um, before they start doing stuff so it's probably gonna be a good good two months before you're doing any significant sort of weights and stuff like that you need to start start slow it is quite a big deal to have a we talk with muscle repair woohoo says nikki woohoo yourself uh what we got what were they jj um what were the surgeries so we uh so i did a brachioplasty which is an arm reduction with uh, an augmentation mastopexy and some liposuction that was one surgery then i did a tummy tuck quite a big one 4.1 kilos i think so that was a big tummy tuck so uh, that was Monday, and then breast reduction today. So that's the three surgeries I've done this week. Um, loco loopy loos. Am I able to send photos to you before I come for a consult to see what you recommend? Of course you can, loco loopy loos. And you can do it, can you do it on it? Yeah, you can do it on Instagram. You can message it, message the photo. You can email the photo. You can, well, those are probably the two main ones. Yeah, message them or email. But yeah, you definitely can whatever whatever it is by all means send a photo and if i can give an opinion on photo on the photo i will no, no problem with that uh amazing yeah thank you um so uh what's uh, what's we got right would mitral valve prolapse and palpitations affect my surgery for breast enlargement and do you offer local anesthetic please so answer to that maybe um, the, when we have problems with uh, other systems, so in this case the heart, we would liaise with your heart doctors. And if you are seeing your heart doctor, um, or if you have got a line of communication with your heart doctor, I would ask uh, your heart doctor. I would say, you know, what, I'm thinking of having a breast enlargement. What do you think? But um, we would write to your heart doctor and say, look, we think you're doing this. Would would that be okay? The first thing I'm thinking, are you on any medication? Are you on any sort of blood thinners or anything like that, which might affect the surgery? Um, but there's always things we can do to work around that, but we need to know about it. Um, and the second thing, the main thing I would guess, well, it's, it's an anaesthetist really that needs to be okay with this and we can speak to the anaesthetist about it. But the main thing is, what is your you know what is your tolerance exercise tolerance like if you're leading a normal life and able to exercise etc that would bode well for you but if you are you know having collapse and having problems then we'd be thinking oh hold on a minute maybe you don't want to do this um do you offer like local anesthetic yes you do yes we do yes ma'am we do now in terms of something like a breast augmentation or a breast enlargement you wouldn't tend to do that under pure local anesthetic you would do that on local anesthetic with sedation so so-called twilight anesthetic so that would be um that would be possible to do a uh, breast enlargement under twilight anesthetic um i'm not sure if that would have an effect on your virtual valve prolapse and palpitations because 
I mean, some could argue that it's sort of more stressful having it with the local insulation. So you have to be on side with the local insulation. If you are on side, it's a great thing to do. And your recovery is often better than with a GA. But um, if you're not on side and if you're anxious about it, in my opinion, it might actually make your heart worse. But it's something we could definitely talk to the anesthetist about. Um, so... Um, Right, we've got questions coming in live. This is good, isn't it? So let's get rid of that. I will email you. I've done that. How long is something? Woohoo. What's your biggest muscle repair you have repaired? Mine was 15. Wow. Um, yeah. F 15 is big. I don't know, Nikki. I measured one the other day because it was big and it was 11. Uh, but I don't normally measure it. Um, but 15 is big. Would, would, did I, if, did I do, if I did yours, yours is a, it was the biggest. If I didn't do yours, then I think yours is bigger than mine. I don't know if I've done a 15. 15 is big, isn't it? What's 15? Let's have a look. What's 15? I mean, that's pretty, pretty serious. Um, yeah, well done, Nikki. Well done. You're, up, you're right. You're well right up there, Nikki. Well right up there. Um, Sarah's just sent a photo to me. Awesome. I haven't actually got my Facebook open, it sounds weird. I'm doing this on a sort of um, different thing that links with Facebook because it does it on Facebook and YouTube. And I think if I have my Facebook open, I'll be echoing myself. So I'll, I'll have a look at that after if that's all right, um, Sarah. I've been advised I'll be left with a bulge slash lump above my new belly button. Any idea why? Um, for a tummy tuck, is it, Sarah? Uh, no, not really. I'll have a look at your photos. Wicked Mistress. Oh, blimey. Wicked Mistress is here. Hello, Wicked Mistress. Um, you're, you're a bit early, Wicked Mistress. I thought my session was uh, my session was at half eight, so I'm just doing my Q&A at the moment. So, yeah, be, be really later. Right, okay. Um, right, what we got? Um, amazing. Can you give a rough price for breast reduction of large, low breasts? What we're saying is Lorena still on. It's it's a good few thousand, isn't it? It's a good few thousand. I don't know, sleep, but it's many thousands of pounds. I don't know. I just get it wrong. If you can email us, or if you can jump me to say next week, oh, I should have the price. I don't anyway, I don't know. The hospitals keep changing their prices. We try not to change our prices too much, but anyway. I don't know prices, but yes, I um, give us email us or message me, and we'll let you know the price of a breast reduction of large low breast. Thank you for taking the time for the Q and A. Really helps. Thank you, Loco Loopy Loose, for uh, for for saying that. Did you readdress the day in the life of JJ Stiana with your videographer? No, uh, I didn't, Corinne. I told you they're all against it, Corinne. They're all against. I think Amy was for it actually, having said that, but uh, they're all against me. Um, no, it's on the list, Corey. I won't let it go, but I'm letting it go at the moment. But yeah, thank you for the for support of that. See, six thousand is that what it is? Are you asking or telling? What's this? Is this the price for a breast reduction? Okay, six thousand. There you go. You heard it here first. Um, I've just I've been advised. Hello, are you far from Telford? Telford, no. I don't think so. Telford's just sort of above Birmingham, is it? Where I'm not sure. Where Telford is, we're near Birmingham. Set well, we're in Birmingham. Well, I'm, yeah, the clinic's in Birmingham. Um, don't think it's far from Telford. B15 1HN, Sarah. Um, don't think so. 
here we go how much is it for revision of an arm reduction oh my god um well sarah always say go to your surgeon always best option um i don't think i'm your surgeon if i am your surgeon then try not to charge you for revisions but um the, the question is what needs to be done i mean revision of an arm reduction that's sort of leaving it pretty open um you know is it a dog ear which wouldn't be much um or is it another arm reduction you know um which would be more so um you know you can always drop what you on facebook message me if you want sarah the photo or an, or an explanation of what the what the problem is and we can try and give you an idea um but uh i don't know how old the arm reduction is but first thing i'd always say stick with your surgeon if you can and secondly i'd say you've got to wait at least a year so i don't know when your arm reduction was but those are the two sort of messages um see that's why i love amy she's a good girl amy is a ledge i don't know if she's still on but she's an absolute ledge keeping up the numbers um what about this one then how often do people's nipples fall off after a breast reduction well um fortunately not very often otherwise i don't think um nip breast reduction would be quite as popular as they are um, having said that, it is a risk and it is something I tell people about having um, a breast reduction. Um, and the reason it's a risk is because you have to isolate the nipple on what we call a pedicle of tissue, like a stalk of tissue. And there has to be enough blood supply going into that stalk of tissue to keep the nipple alive. And if there's not enough blood supply, the nipple can die and, uh, and it forms a scab and, um, and, and I guess would then separate and essentially fall off, which sounds terrible, and leave you with a wound. Um, it's extremely rare. I, it has happened to me, to my to my pain, and and uh, it has happened to me. So it's you know not that rare, but it's probably more than ten years ago since it happened. But still, it's still um, something that I warn people about because I know that it is a thing that can happen. Um, so how often is it i mean it depends the problem with these things is you're not going to get a number on that because even if you did get a number on that it would be like it's different depending on how the, how much of a breast reduction you have basically and what we're looking at is the transposition of the nipple that's the sort of really important thing with a breast reduction is how far you're moving the nipple so we measure the nipple from your sternal notch which is that notch there in your throat um, so we measure the distance from that notch in your throat to the to the nipple and then we when then we transpose that nipple and we move the nipple to a higher place so you're not normally moving the nipple between 22 3 4 5 centimeters that's sort of where you're well maybe maybe six i don't know but 20 sort of 20 odd centimeters is where you move it to so um if your nipple to sternal notch distance is sort of still within the 20s, if it's sort of five, six centimetres, seven, eight centimetres, your risk is lower. Once you get up to 10, 15 centimetres, so once you get up to 30, 35 plus, um, you know, if your nipple is 30, am I, am I just rambling a bit here now? I'm not sure if I've lo I'm losing, my, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm losing the audience now. I might be losing, I can't, I can't gauge is it at this point in the talk, I, I can envisage people leaving and the door going and the light the door <laughs> am i getting it's not what you signed up for is it bit bit too technical um oh here we go sleep but she's keeping up with me not from the collarbone to the nipple um well i i measure it 42 okay so yours is a long one yeah i measure it from the um you can measure it from the collarbone be fine 
Um, the only thing about the collarbone is you've got to say which part of the collarbone. So when we draw it, we do mid-clavicular point, middle middle part of the collarbone, which is usually about seven and a half centimeters from the sternal notch, because the collarbone is usually about fifteen centimeters long. So I usually draw a line, drop a line down from from there. I really am getting, <laughs> but I, I, I measure it from the so from the same point from that point there. But anyway, if you're forty-two from either point. Um, you, you've, you've got quite a long sternal notch distance there sleeve by Dr. Ergin Aslan. So that would put you at a higher risk. risk. So that will be quite a big breast reduction. Um, and that will put you at a higher risk of having nipple necrosis, nipple loss, nipple falling off, whatever you want to call it. And so, um, so you, that's why you're never going to get a number because if you take everybody who's got a nipple sternal notch distance over 40, the risk of nipple necrosis is going to be much higher than if you take all comers because some people have a nipple still notch movement of about five, six centimetres, um, which obviously the risk is a lot lower for those people. So it it is hard to give an absolute number just like this to say what's the risk of nipple, nipple loss with a breast reduction, because it's extremely rare and extremely low. But you would be more right about it for people with a longer nipple to sternal notch distance. And when you're getting down to 42, sleeve by Dr. Ergen Aslan, you'd be looking then potentially at a free nipple graft where you actually take the nipple off and put it back on again which is i think how a lot of people think all nipple uh, all breast reductions are done but they're not it's actually quite rare to do that but if you've got a very low nipple and you think look, that nipple is not going to survive or at least that pedicle is going to be really big and it's going to be really um dubious blood supply you could do what's called a free nipple graft procedure where you take the nipple off and then you put it on as a as a skin graft basically uh, it doesn't have sensation, or at least it doesn't have normal sensation. And then a nipple often lacks project projection, but you're more likely to have a nipple, basically, than uh, than if you try and keep it on a pedicle. So that's something which would need to be discussed at surgery. Uh, oh, not a surgery, a, a consultation. Um, Loco, look, 100% flu should do the day in the life. I love watching surgeries and procedures with consult consultants. Thank you, Loki, Loco, Loki, lose. I so do I think that, but uh, thank you. Um, yeah, so you got a, you got a high risk there, sleeve by, if you know what I'm calling sleeve by. Um, so, yeah, uh, what we got here, how much is it revision of arm reduction? Did I do that? How much is an arm reduction? Nikki, I don't know prices. I don't know prices. I don't do prices. What was the last time someone asked me about? How much is what? I'm going to say several thousand pounds for that as well. I can't remember what the other op was they asked me about. Was it a breast reduction? Good, good few. It's a good few. Good few bags of sand. It is, Nikki. It is a good few. Yeah. Um, but if you message us or give, or actually, if you do a thing online, I think I've got to check this now because I, I set all this up. If you go onto the arm reduction page on the website, we're having a new website, guys. So watch this space. And there'll be a thing saying there should be a thing saying request a price. You click that button, put your email in, and it should automatically send you an email with a price on it. That's how high tech this guy is. Um, but or just message us on Facebook and say how much is an arm reduction, and Amy will message you back and say it's whatever. Um, and then you can all let us know next week. Susie, I'm 15 days post-op TT from a TT and Lipo by yourself, and just have to say a massive thank you. You have done an incredible job, and I am so grateful. Well, there you go. I am very grateful, Susie, for you saying that live on TV. Thank you very much. Um, and 50 early days, and thank you. And you've got a great results, Susie, I must say, and I'm very happy. Um, Sarah, just message you on Stay on a Facebook message and send some photos. I'm looking forward to it already. I'm going to go and check that as soon as I get off the uh, off 
uh, off air, as it were. Uh, Sarah, would you recommend Pico dressing? Yeah, I heard about this the other day. Um, I'm getting embarrassed. I'm getting embarrassed here. Uh, I, I think I look less embarrassed on Facebook than I do on Instagram. I think it's a light. Um, would you recommend Pico dressing? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Short answer, yeah. Everyone out there is going, what's Pico dressing? It's like, um, um, so there used to be a thing, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, so I don't want to be talking about the wrong thing. There used to be a thing back in the day when I was sort of in the NHS and stuff called a vac dressing, and a vac dressing was this foam that you'd put in if you had a big sort of open wound. you put this foam in and you put this opposite, which is like this clear sort of um, airtight dressing over the top, and then you put this suction thing and this attached to this box, which continuously sucked and it continuously sucked the wound and it was brilliant at cleaning up big difficult wounds it was a fantastic thing um and uh you know it's very good for for um difficult wounds so times have progressed now and then they've got this thing called a pico dressing which is basically i think it's just like a a, 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 a normal dressing like a normal me pour like a normal plaster basically and it's got inbuilt to it a little way to do negative pressure to um and and you do it on i think on just normal wounds now and not even on open wounds to encourage healing and it's a it's a negative pressure and there's a lot of benefits of having that negative pressure that sort of suction um and i think it's attached to a little battery so it's not attached to this big machine you have to plug in it used to be a huge thing um and it sounds great it sounds great i don't use it <laughs> because i don't find i need it really but i do think it sounds good so i've never used actually sarah so i shouldn't be recommending something i've never used i've certainly used a vac dressing that's for sure um so i know the concept is good um and it, and it it sounds really good but i've never found a need for it if i could find i think the other thing is it splints the wound so it prevents movement and things so i think the principle is sound but um but i guess the thing you know one thing that i think is that i don't really want to be curing a problem that i haven't got so i haven't really got a problem in that regard at the moment um, so I don't really want to, you know, people will always try and sell you these, you know, reps and all sorts, try and sell you stuff and say this is a really good thing. You think, all right, but I don't want to be curing a problem I haven't got because I would imagine just thinking what the potential downsides, it does have to have an airtight seal. So if it's a difficult area, you would have to have a sort of flat wound on a flat surface. If it's a difficult area and you haven't got an airtight seal, then it won't work because because it won't suck, it will just suck the air. And that might be stressful for the person if they've got it at home and they've got a little battery on it. it. Might be stressful if the thing starts alarming or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case because I've never used it. But, but anyway, in principle, Sarah, I think it's a good idea if that's helpful. Uh, what's going on here? If you do, oh god, oh, where is it? Yes, that's the part. Yes, you can fill a form in. Good. If you do three sixty lipo with standard TT, what will happen to skin around the facts? That's the problem. Oh, hold on a minute. Three six. Right, let's be clear here, loco loopy loose. I don't do 360 lipo with a standard TT. I do lipo to the hips and the flanks. I do lipo as far back as I can get. I don't go 360, so I don't do lipo to the back. Again, if you're going to do something 360, if you're going to do something to the back, you're going to have to ro uh, rotate the patient. You're having to turn the patient to get to the back. Um, so I don't do 360, so that's the first thing. But I do do it to the hips and flanks. So you can get quite far around the back with the lipo, lipo sucker. You can certainly get further around than you can with the with a knife sort of thing to do excision. But um, but that's the first thing. And then what happens to the skin around the flanks? Absolutely right. That's the problem, lo loco loopy loose. Now the skin around the hips and the flanks is 
thicker than the skin of the central abdomen and does tend to recoil better. So it does recoil better than, say, the central abdomen or the inner thigh. Um, but that's the hope is that it re re will recoil. But if there's a significant amount of skin, absolutely, it won't recoil and you might still have skin there. And you might think, I should have had a circumferential or whatever. Um, but that the hope is when you do lipo to the hips and flanks, it does recoil. And you can get some really good results with a combination of a tummy tuck with lipo suction to the hips and flanks. Don't get embarrassed. I'll try not to sleeved. It's the Susie's giving me positivity. I really don't want or feel I need a 360, but another surgeon feels I do. Yeah, well, no one needs it, loco, loopy loose. It's just you might not get as good a result with a fall in terms of the amount of skin removal and you might have to accept that there might be fullness still on your flanks your hips and possibly around the back if you don't have a 360 so it's like you know i think you've got to just yeah if you don't have it we just say look we're going to do with our, do our best with what we can do with what we've got but it's difficult tony oh god what's happened tony's late to the party tony where you been it's it's a uh, it's a Facebook Live is seven, not eight. Yeah, it's seven fifty-seven. Honestly, right. Um, but it's okay. It's still plenty of um, plenty of interesting banter to be had. Um, like for instance, this: Can I have a tummy tuck if my BMI is forty? I would say no to that. I would say no. I think four. I'm going to put my foot down at forty. Um, now I know people. I don't tend to put my foot down probably don't put my foot down enough if I'm honest with you because um, you're going to get a better result with a lower BMI to be fair it's it's uh I've just seen your patient <laughs> good Tony well thank you for that I appreciate that I hope I hope it was all right I shouldn't be asking on this case <laughs> message phone me after this if it's not but I hope everything's all right let's just think positive yeah think positive um so um I think 40 is too high. I mean, the BMI most people work off is 30. Um, and even officially, a BMI of 30 is still overweight. In fact, over 30 is obese. So 25 to 30 is still overweight. But 30 is where they've done most of the studies. So I think if someone said to me, asked me for a BMI number, I would say 30 would be the number. Having said that, I do sometimes do BMIs with people, uh, tummy tucks with people over a BMI 30, but I warn them they've got a high risk of complication and they're going to get a less of a good result. They're going to get a worse result with a higher BMI. Um, so, but sometimes people have had a BMI 56, you know. So if you go say you've got to go 56 to 30, that's a bit harsh. But <clears throat> I mean, I definitely think 40 is too high. I think if you can get it to 30, brilliant. But if you can get it to 35, to 33, 32, 35 is still pretty high, to be honest. Um, but you just, the main thing is you need to be stable and comfortable with your weight. So that's really important. So you've got to be true to yourself. If you do want to lose weight, I know it's difficult when you've got, uh, got a high BMI. And I know it's difficult when you've got a big apron. But if you do want to lose weight, you should lose weight first. You're going to get a better result and you're going to get less risk of complications. And I think you really need to be the other side of 35, at least. Um, Wicked Mistress, what you got? I don't want a lipo, but what is a good BMI then? For a tummy tuck, 30, Wicked Mistress, is a good one. Less than 30 would be better. But the, the, the I guess the lower the better as long as you're happy being that weight. You don't want to falsely get it low just to have the surgery. 
oh, sleeve by Dr. Ergin in, in Instagram says best to wait till lower BMI. Yeah. So you don't want to falsely get it low, but you really need to, um, you know, 30 would be the number that I would say if you're asking for a, for a good BMI. Um, I'm 35 BMI, going to have my plastics end of October, so hoping to be much lower BMI. Yeah, yeah. So if you can get it lower than 30, I mean, 35 is still pretty high. So, um, yeah, if you can get it lower than, than 30 is, I guess, what I would be aiming for. Uh, do we offer 360? Here we go. Do we offer 360 tummy tuck? So, yeah, we do offer 360 tummy tuck. Um, and it's a great operation for tightening those sides. But as I say, it's, it's you know, the, the main thing for me is the sides. You know, when you first hear about 360, you think it's for the back, but no one's really that bothered by their back. It's the sides that it really gets. It does a lot better job of the sides than a than a, than a standard tummy tuck, which sort of peters out to the sides. A fleur de does a, some degree to the sides and helps to narrow the waist, but it doesn't get this. Those, 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 those sort of hip area as, as well as a 360. A 360 really does tighten those those side hip areas really well. Um, I'm three, uh, I was 43 BMI. I've lost three and a half stone, another three centimeter. Wow. Well done. Keep up the fight. Three and a half stone. Well done. Keep going. Um, do you know what? I should have done some research before I did this because it says, have I got any research on the nano implants? And I'm kind of hoping Douglas Black might be here. Is he here? um because he might have some on it um i haven't i haven't no i mean basically what i do know is that so this is about the nano nano textured implants so basically you have um polyurethane foam implants which are really rough and foam coated and then you have broadly speaking three types of silicone implants smooth ones textured ones which are rough and then relatively new ones which are called nano or micro textured ones which are in between the smooth and the rough ones and um basically um the rougher they are the roughened surface breaks up the scar tissue makes them less likely to develop capsular contracture so that's why the roughened surface ones were the main ones we used um until relatively recently because they were less likely to go hard relatively recently alcl has come out which is a type of cancer associated with implants and they found it doesn't really occur with the smooth ones so the smooth ones are back now but they are more likely to go hard so they develop nano textured or micro textured ones which got a bit slightly roughened surface officially they are classified as smooth implants because the, the roughness isn't enough to classify them as textured implants um and that is said to break up the scar tissue a bit and um less and so less likely to go hard than a purely smooth one um and so it just sits between a smooth and a textured um the um the um so sorry wicked mistress has got going on what um in all i've come in on the wrong night had time away i'm looking to have breast organization dr ingfield no it's not the wrong night wicked mistress anyway so my question will be off topic but it's interesting to listen be off topic so nano is a breast implant what about be like okay yes um nano is a breast implant wicked mistress yes i will talk about be like um so nano is a, a nano textured breast implant and so but i haven't got any research on it there probably is research on it the problem is and a lot of times people will tell you and i hear people come in and saying oh this implant's got this degree of capsule contracture two two percent rate of capsule contracture i always say to people you need to have a time scale on it and the big studies in terms of capsule contracture um have been done on the textured silicone implants uh, and they've been long-term follow-up studies 10 years you know so you really need to have a not long-term um 
look at capsule tragic let you know five years two years three years not really long enough really to say whether capsule contracture is a problem because no implants really have got a significant problem with capsule contracture in that time um but i do think that texture that nano texture sort of sit between the smooth and the rough is where i'm where i am on it um and perhaps douglas can uh, can help us out on that because douglas works for motiva uh, which make nano textured implants or are they micro textured i don't know the normal difference is but there you go what about bee light implants as wicked mistress yeah bee light implants um so Spoken about bee light implants before. Um, I do like the thought of bee light implants, and I do like the concept of it. The concept was introduced many years ago, um, and I remember when they first talked about this concept, I thought it was a good concept having an implant that is lighter than a standard silicone implant. My own experience of bee light implants has not been great. I'll be honest with you, um, but this is one man. Okay, so I'm not trying to say there's a problem with bee light implants. It's just that I've had a bad experience with them. And the problem where you find often with surgeons, they have something happens or something, you know, they get a problem and then they say, oh, I'm not doing that again sort of thing. And it's not really based on science. And it's a, it's a bit like that with me, to be honest with you, Wicked Mistress. I had a set of it be like implants which flipped front to back, which is very rare. Um, it's a very rare problem and it might be nothing to do with the bee light implants, but I'm just a bit, a bit emotionally scarred by it all. And so... Um, that, that's so that's how I feel about that then particularly just because I had a problem with them but if you're asking in general terms I think the concept is sound I spoke to the company who makes them spoke to other people I don't think it's a I don't think it's a problem with the implant I don't think it's necessarily something that's that's out there um, with you know with the implant so it's probably fine to use them they are talking about making one that covered in polyurethane foam they've been talking about that for a while because polytech now make be like implants which also make poly urethane implant so i think that might be a good thing a polyurethane foam coated be like implant is going to be much less likely to flip so i might change my mind if that comes out but at the moment i'm a bit like oh uh, they're also quite expensive um uh are they smooth no there's textured the textured implants um textured silicone implants um so yeah so it's it's so a smooth silicone implant is more likely to flip but a smooth silicone implant doesn't really have a a structure to it so it doesn't sort of matter if it flips really because it doesn't reintegrate um but the bee light has got more of a structure to it so if it if it flips um it, it, you can sort of feel the feel it flipping front to back so it's not very nice um yeah so yeah wicked mistress you can ask me implant questions breast implant questions no problem at all good luck with your surgery um now what's going on here mama mama lawn has asked for um, me to join her but I don't know I, I'm just going to ignore I tend to ignore those things because I'm assuming people have misclicked it would you perform abdominoplasty on someone who re with really controlled Addison's do we have Addison's the other day I tell you what Mama Lorne I it's, a, it's an anesthetist thing yes I did I did didn't I mm, I don't know if it was a tummy tuck I remember doing something the steroid and they do stuff with the steroids they stop it and then double dose it or something but yeah, the anesthetist. So I think the answer to that is in principle, yes, we'd have to talk to the anesthetist, make sure the anesthetist is fine with it. Um, and also that if you have got an endocrinologist who's looking after your um, Addison's, we'd have to make sure they're fine with it. But if it's well controlled, then yes, I think if you're on steroids, we have to do things with it. And if you are on steroids and can't stop the steroids because of your Addison's, we would have to say to you, you're going to have a higher risk of infection. And you might have to accept that if you can't stop the steroids. Um, but yes, yeah, so in principle, I, I, that is fine, but we have to talk to the anesthetist. 
My weight BMI fluctuates due to underactive thyroid. Would you still operate if I was highly weight fluctuating? Highly weight fluctuates on the day, say 13 stones, BMI 30. This is my high end. No, I think that would be fine. But it is a bit of a worry if your weight is fluctuating a lot, loco, loopy loose, because that's going to stretch the skin. And when we do the surgery, I'm assuming we're talking about tummy tuck now. Are we talking about tummy tuck? Um, but when we do the surgery, we're tightening the skin. And if you continuously stretching the skin, you're going to loosen it again and it can sag again. To be honest, it doesn't matter what we're talking about, if we're talking about breast lift or whatever. So you you, you don't really, weight fluctuations is not good. It's going to stretch the skin that's left behind. It's not going to protect you by having a surgery. It's not going to be like, oh, brilliant. My breasts are looking great or my tummy's looking great. If you continue to put on and lose weight, you might continue to stretch the skin and cause problems. So that's the only thing that I worry about. But we wouldn't cancel you on the day if you were at the high end, but it wouldn't be great to do it. The, you really want to be at the low end of the day because on the day of surgery because we need to tighten the skin as much as we can. So if you're carrying more weight, we won't be able to tighten the skin as much as we would like. So if we tighten the skin as much as we can when your BMI is 30, and then a month later your BMI is 28 and you've lost weight, you might have some loose skin. But you'd have been better off doing it. Yeah, that was a mistake, thought it was. Just in hydro during surgery. Have fabulous healing, perfect. We'll book in for a consult. Just in hydro during surgery. What? Is that something to be Addison's? Uh, yes, TT. Marvellous. I'll book him for a full consultation. Now you're talking, Mama Lawn. Um, right. What we got? I would like a thigh lift and arm reduction, but I'm worried about the scarring. Do we do Renuvion or what would be your advice? <sighs> you, I've got to be honest with you. I'm worried about the scarring too. Um, it is a worry. The scarring of both thigh lift and arm lift is a worry. And if you look at body contouring surgery, you'll find that breast lift, face lift, tummy tuck are very popular. Very popular. Why are they so popular? Well, they're popular because you can hide the scar. All of them, once you've done it, you can hide the scar. Face lifts hidden here. Breast lifts hidden in the bra. Tummy tucks hidden in your underwear. The arm lift and the thigh lift, it's a bit more of an obvious scar, at least the way I do it. So the arm lift, I make a big scar down there, and the thigh lift, I essentially do the same, but down the inner thigh, a big, long scar. And it's quite an obvious scar. And so you're having a surgery done for a cosmetic um, reason. And so to give you a big, long scar, which can give you a negative cosmetic thing, you have to think about, is it worth taking on that scar for the benefit of getting rid of that loose skin? And that really depends on how bad the problem is. So the... So the thing about all this surgery is always the risks versus the benefits. And the, the risks, I, it's not really a risk, it's a definite, you can have the scar. But I suppose the risk of, a, of an unsightly scar is higher with an arm and a thigh lift than it is with a tummy tuck or a breast reduction or a facelift because you can't hide the, hide the scar quite so well. So I am worried about the scar too. And I tell everybody about the scar. And if you don't fancy the scar, I totally understand. But I'm, I'm like, I, I can't do it any other way. You can do a thigh lift. Well, people do a short scar arm lifts. People do a short scar thigh lifts. It's not for me. I can't make it look good. Um, and I understand that there's a huge market for it because people don't want that big, long scar. I don't want to give you that big, long scar. But I also want to tighten your skin. So, you know, I'm like, I don't feel that I can tighten your skin significantly by doing short scars. Personally, my, my personal view. Uh, Renuvion. <coughs> What's that? I, met, I saw something about Renuvion back of my mind there was a problem with it was it like recoiled or something Re recoiled recalled oh i saw something about it but um i can't remember what it was now 
and I can't even remember why it was. Re- I don't even know. I might be. I might be slandering Renuvian. Renuvian are going to be on the phone with the lawyers saying, "What are you saying?" But I don't even know what it is. <clears throat> Jade plasma. Is this something you offer alongside your surgeries? Is that Jade plasma? I don't even know what that is either. So no is the answer. Loki, Loki, lose and Renuvian. I don't offer it either. And I'm trying desperately to. I should have done. This is a question I had before. I should have done some research. Um, but I don't offer any of this stuff, and I think there was a problem with one of them. Um, but no, simply because for me, scarring, if it's something that's supposed to help scarring, for me, scarring is time is the main thing. And actually, in time, the scars often settle pretty well. Now, if there is a problem with the scars, there is stuff that we can do. And certainly, if the scar's quite red, laser can help with the redness of the scar. But it's extremely rare to need that. Most scars are red to start off with, and they fade on their own. Um, so I don't use anything like Renuvion or J Plasma. Um, here we go. This is a long one. I had a prominent ear correction with the Merck stitch method in Germany. This was around two years ago. One of the knots has risen to the surface and the excess thread is sticking out the back of my ear. It's been like this for almost two years. It was recommended I speak to you to get a quote for making a small incision, sink the thread and close up. Um, yeah. Now this surgeon... So uh, apparently this surgeon has contacted the surgeon in Germany and says get someone local to do it. Personally, I wouldn't do Well, I don't do ears, so I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't be doing it anyway. But just in principle, I'll talk about this because um, the other guys in the clinic do do ears. I wouldn't do that, and I'd be worried about burying a, a suture that had become exposed because the, the that, that is potentially contaminated and it could develop an abscess. So that would worry me. Um, so, you know, it's been exposed for two years. I would be thinking about taking the stitch out. Although one of the problems with using the stitch method for prominent ear correction is that the stitches are holding the repair. So if you take the stitch out, obviously the the problem can recur. So this doesn't sound like an easy thing. I think they've contacted their surgeon who said, oh, it's really easy. Just get them to open up the skin and bury the stitch and close up the skin again. I'm like, "Mm, don't fancy that. And I would probably say to you, you should go back to your surgeon. Uh, and get it sorted because I wouldn't really want to take that on because if you get an infection around the cartilage it can be a problem and um, a tr- traditionally speaking if something's exposed if something starts spitting out I would say you need to trim those knots uh, and potentially remove that stitch which then obviously could give you a problem in terms of the shape of your ear I don't know whether two years will be enough for it to be scarred down but that would worry me that that is the problem with the stitch technique if you get a problem with the stitches and you have to take the stitches out, they can recur. So I understand that a lot of people use the stitch technique as opposed to the anterior scoring technique where the cartilage is reshaped because the complications are, uh, can be quite high with the anterior scoring. But when you get this complication, it can be a bit of a problem with that permanent stitch um, that is used. So I don't fancy that one myself. Uh, and I would say that you need to go back to your surgeon who's obviously... Um, very experienced with this uh and hopefully sounds like very experienced with this problem so may well be able to sort it out for you nice and easily but uh for me i would be a little bit concerned about that on a personal level do you offer any type of skin tightening along with your tt surgeries no i don't loco loopy lose i think you're talking about non-surgical skin tightening like uh, radio frequency etc um no i don't um we looked into all this stuff, loco, loopy loos, and, and, I, and I know it's a big industry and I know it must have some effect. But 
uh, in my experience, when I've looked at these sorts of skin tightening procedures, they're often quite subtle, the effects, and the machines and the procedures can be quite expensive. And so there's a bit of a disconnect there. I think if it was quite cheap, I think you wouldn't mind having a bit of skin tightening here and there. But um, what we do is quite dramatic, the effects we give patients, so we know we're going to have happy patients. I think when we start dabbling in the non-surgical arenas with these machines, I think we might run the risk of getting unhappy people, which worries me, because they might be getting subtle results with the with quite expensive procedures. But I do like the concept of them because it lends itself well to the clinic. Um, so if I found a good one that I could be get behind and be comfortable with, I would love it, to be quite honest with you. But at the moment, I'm not 100% on these machines. I've got to be honest, I'm not an expert in them. I haven't, I don't have a well, I don't have a non-surgical practice at all, really. I don't do anything non-surgical, which I know is probably um, not very business savvy. I know that the non-surgical is a big, um, a big deal. And I know that probably a lot of patients would, you know, have it when they have a tummy tuck or something, have a bit of adjunct to, the, to it, to have a bit of this or that. But I just... I, I struggle with it. I struggle with the science behind it. I struggle with the results. When I see the results that they achieve, I'm like, oh, it's a bit sort of, you know, you see the results of a tummy tuck. There's no question. It's obvious. You see the results of this stuff. You often, they often have to show you these little cartoon pictures of cells being like dissolved or something like a cartoon graph. I don't want to see a cartoon graphic of a cell being, the, I want to see a result before and after say, whoa, look at that. And when they do show you before and afters, they often show you a before and after of someone in America, probably who made the machine, you know, and fair dues. I've seen some really impressive results, but you think, well, hold on a minute. These are like six months apart. Has that person had some kind of diet regime, some exercise regime in between? To give that result, because why is everyone showing this American guy's results? You see these, they're always showing the same results. I'm like, I want to see your result from last week. I want to see someone who's in, who's got a clinic in Telford or in, you know, or in you know, Birmingham High Street, who's using these machines and getting good results on a regular basis. And I think that's the problem. It's the consistency and the predictability of the results. So I'm not... You can probably tell I'm not on a bit. I might one day go on these machines and be saying, I've got this great machine. It's fantastic. Having sort of been, uh, but I'm reticent about it. I want to get behind them. I want to, I'd love to have, you know, the concept of it. If I have someone there, they, people could come and have a regular and we say, Oh, come and have an open day and have a look at this machine and all that. But goodness no, I've tried it with the fat sort of dissolving ones, you know, the fat freezing and the fat heating and the fat, whatever, you know, all these non-surgical fat things. Because I'll be honest, I would be very happy to not do surgery on people. If I could get them results without doing surgery, I would be the first in line because this is stressful. I mean, look at this face. The, what, the things I've been through, it is stressful doing surgery. Um, and, you know, I guess it's probably easier to deal with the stress of doing these non-surgical things and people haven't had a great result. I suppose that's better than having some kind of wound complication or something with surgery. Not that I get those. Of course I don't. But, you know, it's stressful doing surgery and I'd much rather do stuff without doing surgery. If I could do some kind of thing on the, you know, radio frequency laser 
thing and you know freezing or cooling or whatever god i honestly i'd be first in line but i i'm i worry about them and i can't and i can't 100 percent get behind any at this point in time watch this space because i might change my tune and then i'll have to go back and delete all these videos and pretend i never said it all right so don't record me all right because i might next week say hey guys i've got this j renewion plasma machine and it is absolutely awesome and you've got to get behind it because it fires laser beams at your skin and it makes you look fantastic so um yeah at the moment i haven't got one and I'm not sure. I'm not sure about them, as you can probably tell. But maybe one day I'll be on an island in the Bahamas, and I'll have my team at the clinic. I'll be having my pina colada, and they'll be doing all the machines. And I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I used to do surgery. What a mug!" But yeah, at the moment, I'm still, I'm still the mug doing the surgery. Oh god, they're coming for me! Right, what's going on? So that's my answer to skin tightening. Uh, I love your honesty. Thank you. Keep us posted. You're a surgeon. Why would you need to offer on surgery? Should you get a better result from opting? I do. I do think people. There are surgeons who use both. To, to be fair, and I think they are probably um, better. <laughs> better than me. Or at least I think. I think. I think patients like the thought of it. I think I said to you, I've got this thing that does this thing. You'd like that. The problem is that when it doesn't do much. But maybe if you sort of, I don't know. I think, it, you know, in, when you've got your own clinic, I think it would be good, wouldn't it? It would be good to have it. I do. I do. I struggle with this because I do think it would be good to have one. We've got space. We've got a nice clinic. One of our players have got great people there. Vicky would love it. Vicky would love it. If I said to Vicky, look, Vicky, I want you to do this thing. with." But, yeah, you're so right. Don't buy into fat. I'm not saying they're fat. I've got to be careful. I don't know who's on this. I don't know who's, is this some person from one of these machines on this who's going to start saying they're seeing this guy. I'm not having, I don't saying I'm not, they must work because it's a huge industry. It's just, I find in my experience, the results can be subtle and they're expensive. That's what I'm saying. The results can be subtle and they're expensive. That's, that's what, that's where I am on it. So I'm like, mm, that worries me. And this is what, last word to Corey, not possible. You are the best. Did you hear that, guys? I wish I could flash that on the screen. This guy, simply the best. Yeah, you heard it from Corinne. Corinne knows what she's on about. Right. So, um, God willing, I'll be back next week, Tuesday. Will I? Yes, I will. Yes, I believe I will. There's no reason to not do that. So I will be on next week. Lifeguard Sarah just joined. Well done, Lifeguard Sarah. Listen, girl, you're going to have to look at the replay because I'm checking out. Um Look at that. Jackie's still here. Jackie, why do you, why? Jackie, go, you don't have to do the beginning and the end. You, you <laughs> um, thank you, Loco Lo, Loopy Loos. Fantastic live as always. Time for a couple of, don't talk to me about Turkish Delight. Corinne, don't talk to me about Turkish Delight. But um, Kappa, definitely. I would like to watch Auntie's road trip, but they're telling me that Bake Off's back on, apparently. So they're going to commandeer the TV and I'm going to have to watch Bake Off, probably. But, you know, we have got another TV in the other room, but I can't make it work. So if anyone knows about aerials, I can't, well, I don't know how, how, I don't know what's, it used to work, but off to, I'm talking about off topic. That's off topic, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, but anyway, enough of my problems. 
Um, Wicked Mistress, thanks. Have a nice evening. Have a good evening yourself. Lovely to have you here, Wicked Mistress. And good luck with everything. If you need anything from me, I'll be messaging me on YouTube or whatever you want. And I'll be back next Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Yoga compression garments. Love this live. And yoga compression garments hasn't... Oh, we haven't got a machine, have you? Um, I've sent a message via Facebook, Live God Sarah. Brilliant, Live God Sarah. I will go and look at it. There's loads of heart. I don't know what's going on. That's not... But anyway, I'm loving it. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And I'm going to check out because it's all it's all too much now. I'm checking out. Right. Take it easy. See you next week. Thanks, Loki question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag ask jj we'd love to hear from you